0: Section thirty one of the works of Guy de Maupassant, volume three by Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. The Will I knew that tall young fellow Rene de Bourneval. He was an agreeable man, though of a rather melancholy turn of mind, who seemed prejudiced against everything very sceptical and able to tear worldly hypocrisies to pieces he often used to say there are no honourable men or at any rate they only appear so when compared to low people he had two brothers whom he never saw the messrs de courcilles and i thought they were by another father on account of the difference in the name i had frequently heard that something strange had happened in the family but i did not know the details as i took a great liking to him we soon became intimate and one evening when i had been dining with him alone i asked him by chance are you by your mother's first or second marriage he grew rather pale and then flushed and did not speak for a few moments he was visibly embarrassed then he smiled in a melancholy and gentle manner which was peculiar to him and said my dear friend If it will not weary you, I can give you some very strange particulars about my life. I know that you are a sensible man, so I do not fear that our friendship will suffer by my revelations, and should it suffer, I should not care about having you for my friend any longer. My mother, Madame de Corsilles, was a poor little timid woman, whom her husband had married for the sake of her fortune, and her whole life was one of martyrdom. Of a loving delicate mind she was constantly being ill-treated by the man who ought to have been my father one of those bores called country gentlemen a month after their marriage he was living with a servant and besides that the wives and daughters of his tenants were his mistresses which did not prevent him from having three children by his wife or three if you count me in my mother said nothing and lived in that noisy house like a little mouse set aside Disparaged, nervous, she looked at people with her bright, uneasy, restless eyes, the eyes of some terrified creature which can never shake off its fear. And yet, she was pretty, very pretty, and fair, a grey blonde, as if her hair had lost its colour through her constant fears. Among Monsieur de Courciles' friends who constantly came to the chateau, there was an ex-cavalry officer, a widower, a man who was feared, who was at the same time tender and violent, capable of the most energetic resolutions, Monsieur de Bourneval, whose name I bear. He was a tall, thin man, with a heavy black moustache, and I am very like him. He was a man who had read a great deal, and whose ideas were not like those of most of his class. His great-grandmother had been a friend of J. J. Rousseau's, and one might have said that he had inherited something of this ancestral connection. He knew the Contrat Social and the Nouveau Eloise by heart, and all those philosophical books which long beforehand prepared the overthrow of our old usages, prejudices, superannuated laws, and imbecile morality. It seems that he loved my mother, and she loved him, but their intrigue was carried on so secretly that no one guessed it, The poor neglected unhappy woman must have clung to him in a despairing manner and in her intimacy with him must have imbibed all his ways of thinking theories of free thought audacious ideas of independent love but as she was so timid that she never ventured to speak aloud it was all driven back condensed and expressed in her heart which never opened itself my two brothers were very hard towards her like their father was and never gave her a caress and used to seeing her count for nothing in the house they treated her rather like a servant and so i was the only one of her sons who really loved her and whom she loved when she died i was seventeen and i must add in order that you may understand what follows that there had been a lawsuit between my father and my mother and that their property had been separated to my mother's advantage as thanks to the tricks of the law and the intelligent devotion of a lawyer to her interests she had preserved the right of making her will in favour of any one she pleased we were told that there was a will lying at the lawyer's and were invited to be present at the reading of it i can remember it as if it were yesterday it was a grand dramatic burlesque surprising scene brought about by the posthumous revolt of that dead woman by that cry for liberty that claim from the depths of her tomb of that martyred woman who had been crushed by our habits during her life and who from her closed tomb uttered a despairing appeal for independence the man who thought that he was my father a stout ruddy-faced man who gave everyone the idea of a butcher and my brothers two great fellows of twenty and twenty-two were waiting quietly in their chairs Monsieur de Bonneval who had been invited to be present came in and stood behind me he was very pale and bit his mustache which was turning gray no doubt he was prepared for what was going to happen and the lawyer double-locked the door and began to read the will after having opened the envelope which was sealed with red wax and whose contents he was ignorant of in our presence my friend stopped suddenly and got up and from his writing table he took an old paper unfolded it kissed it and then continued this is the will of my beloved mother i the undersigned anne catherine genevieve Matilda de Coilieu, the legitimate wife of leopold joseph goutran de corciles sound in body and mind here express my last wishes i first of all ask god and then my dear son Rene to pardon me for the act i am about to commit i believe that my child's heart is great enough to understand me and to forgive me i have suffered my whole life long i was married out of calculation then despised misunderstood oppressed and constantly deceived by my husband i forgive him but i owe him nothing my eldest sons never loved me never spoilt me scarcely treated me as a mother but during my whole life, I was everything that I ought to have been, and I owe them nothing more after my death. The ties of blood cannot exist without daily and constant affection. An ungrateful son is less than a stranger, he is a culprit, for he has no right to be indifferent towards his mother. I have always trembled before men, before their unjust laws, their inhuman customs, their shameful prejudices. Before God, I have no longer any fear. Dead? I fling aside disgraceful hypocrisy. I dare to speak my thoughts, and to avow and to sign the secret of my heart. I therefore leave that part of my fortune, of which the law allows me to dispose, as a deposit with my dear lover Pierre Genet Simon de Bourneval, to revert afterwards to our dear son Rene. This wish is, moreover, formulated more precisely in a notarial deed and i declare before the supreme judge who hears me that i should have cursed heaven and my own existence if i had not met my lover's deep devoted tender unshaken affection if i had not felt in his arms that the creator made his creatures to love sustain and console each other and to weep together in the hours of sadness Monsieur de courciles is the father of my two eldest sons René alone owes his life to Monsieur de Bourneval. I pray to the master of men and of their destinies to place father and son above social prejudices, to make them love each other until they die, and to love me also in my coffin. These are my last thoughts and my last wish. Mathilde de Croelure Monsieur de Corsilles had arisen, and he cried, "'It is the will of a madwoman!' Then Monsieur de Bourneval stepped forward and said in a loud and penetrating voice, I, Simon de Bourneval, solemnly declare that this writing contains nothing but the strict truth, and I am ready to prove it by letters which I possess. On hearing that, Monsieur de Courcils went up to him, and I thought they were going to collar each other. There they stood, both of them tall, one stout and the other thin, both trembling. My mother's husband stammered out, You are a worthless wretch! And the other replied in a loud, dry voice, We will meet somewhere else, monsieur. I should have already slapped your ugly face and challenged you a long time ago if I had not, before everything else, thought of the peace of mind of that poor woman whom you made suffer so much during her lifetime. Then turning to me, he said, You are my son. Will you come with me? i have no right to take you away but i shall assume it if you will kindly come with me i shook his hand without replying and we went out together i was certainly three parts mad two days later monsieur de Bourneval killed monsieur de Corsilles in a duel my brothers fearing some terrible scandal held their tongues and i offered them and they accepted half the fortune which my mother had left me I took my real father's name, renouncing that which the law gave me, but which was not really mine. Monsieur de Bonneval died three years afterwards, and I have not consoled myself yet. He rose from his chair, walked up and down the room, and, standing in front of me, he said, Well, I say that my mother's will was one of the most beautiful and loyal, as well as one of the grandest acts that a woman could perform. Do you not think so? I gave him both my hands. Most certainly I do, my friend. End of section thirty one. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.